Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about how to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why you might keep a commonplace book, and we have hacks for parents, for headaches, and for boosting your energy. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, human nature, the five senses. I am in New York City in my little home office, which is getting quite warm because I'm not (laughs) having the air conditioning on since we're recording. And joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I have written down many of your sayings in my commonplace books. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Gretch, I feel a thrill of victory every time you say, I'm writing that down. Yes. <laughs> I, I do a little internal fist pump. In my book of aphorisms, there's a, a section called My Sister the Sage, and it's all of your pearls of wisdom that I have been collecting over the ages. So, Well, I'm sure so many of them I heard and then repeated, but I'll take well, the credit. <laughs> I'll, I'm giving it. So Gretchen, update. We hope everyone had a great 4th of July. We want to say a special um, shout out to our mom whose birthday is on the 4th of July. So happy birthday, mom. Yeah, that's a very festive birthday. Yes. And last week I mentioned in our review of our 22 for 22 list that I was planning a trip with Eleanor and we are leaving today for France. So I'm very excited about going on that mother-daughter trip. So yay. Um, yay, can't wait excited. to see the pictures. We will send lots of photos. Now, Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is to keep a commonplace book. So what is a commonplace book, Gretch, first of all? Well, so a commonplace book can be a lot of different things. It's a book where you write down and sort through all kinds of things that you're trying to collect. It could be quotations, anecdotes, observations, information, sayings, wise sayings from people, song lyrics, anything that you want to keep track of. I mean, this is something that throughout history, some, you know, very brilliant minds have kept commonplace books of just the things that they want to hang on to in their memory. And Gretchen, I mean, I associate these with you. I feel like you've always kept commonplace books. We called them blank books. We called them blank books. And here is my very first blank book. They're right here in my office, right above my head. Um, I have more than a dozen blank books. This is the first one, which oh. I got when I was 10 years old. Elizabeth, our oh Aunt Susan gosh. gave it to me for my birthday. Gretchen, um, you it, know what? I recognize it. It's amazing how it has the, uh, like, swollen, warped pages from where you glued stuff in. That's what I remember yeah. about it was how you'd have this book, but then it would, like, expand 
when you filled it up. Yeah, so one of the ways I used commonplace books as a child was I would write in my favorite quotations, and then I would glue in images from magazines that fit the quotation. I'd also keep magazine articles. You know, we used to do a lot more clipping. And then I kind of graduated. So now I have like another more modern commonplace book is when I was writing my books, uh, 40 Ways to Look at Winston Churchill and 40 Ways to Look at JFK, those biographies are really reflections about the nature of biography. And so I was doing a huge amount of research into kind of like the nature of biography. And I had all these quotations that I loved. So I printed out my own book, which is called Selections on the Nature of Biography. So this one I actually physically made because a lot of my documents now are so gigantic that they stay in my computer. I'm constantly right. adding to them and looking at them, but I never really take the trouble to externalize them, which I think I would love if I did, but that's a, that's a huge undertaking. And Gretchen, now when you say quotes, do you collect quotes? Well, I think you do, but do you think in general people should feel they can use quotes just from everyday life? It doesn't have to be from someone famous. No, absolutely. Like the commonplace book is sort of anything that you want to reflect on, you want to hang on to. Now, I am a big fan of quotations. Now, obviously, I love quotations. Like I have my my moment of happiness newsletter where I send out a quotation every day because I love sharing them and I love collecting them. And then the more happier I read a longer quotation, like I love quotations. And so I spend hours every week noting quotations, double-checking, you know, reread. Elizabeth, every time we talk on the phone, I'm like, wait, that reminds me of yeah. a section from Peter Pan by J.M. Barry. Let me go read it to you. And I do think if you're at all writerly, it's a great writerly tool because by copying out a quotation, you sort of get inside it and understand the, how the language works better. And, I, and at least for me, I certainly remember it better. Sometimes people want to handwrite. I think for some people, handwriting is great. You probably do remember it better. But Elizabeth, you and I have the same issue, which is yes. our, our handwriting is so bad that yeah. it would not be useful. No. And also, if it's, in a, if it's in a computer, you can search. And that's a huge time saver. Yeah. Well, Gretchen, you know, I don't keep these commonplace books, although I should. And the more you talk about it, the more I realize I should also do this. When Sarah and I were writing our pitch for Fantasy Island, when we were trying to, you know, get our straight to series order, I asked you for magical realism quotes sort of about rebirth and transformation. And you came back with a quote that we ended our pitch with. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember. We I was so excited until I, I had so much fun trying to find the perfect thing. And then we found one that really was just perfect for Fantasy Island. Yeah, it was. Um, and I'll just read it. I'll remind you what it was. It was from Laura Esquivel. Each of us is born with a box of matches inside us, but we can't strike them all by ourselves. And then Sarah and I went on to say, and that is what Fantasy Island does. It strikes a match with an all who arrive on its shores. It transforms, enlightens, shocks, reveals. I mean, chills. I know. It's good, right? Then we ended with, welcome to the new Fantasy Island. Let's strike a match. Ooh. So, Gretchen, you were uh, instrumental in our pitch. Well, and that's such a great metaphor because they're always revealing, but sometimes they can feel destructive or they can feel dangerous the way lighting a match can feel dangerous. So that's good. Yes. yes, and that's from the novel Like Water for Chocolate, which is a wonderful novel. And um, apparently the movie is great. I've never seen the movie, but I hear the movie is great. Another way that my keeping my quotations is handy for me is I was trying to remember if I'd read Department of Speculation by Jenny Offal. 
And then I looked in my quotations and I saw that I had I had written down a quotation from that book. So I was like, well, clearly I did read it. Because <laughs> That's funny. I remember I remembered the passage. I just didn't remember what book it was from. What I think is great about it, Gretchen, and why I should be doing this, one reason is it definitely makes you a more active reader if you're yes. looking for good quotes. They're not just kind of washing over you. You're sort of on alert you're going to really pay more attention to the language. Well, absolutely. And also, I think it makes you just more engaged with everything that's happening. Like, I had been wanting to write a book about the five senses well before I started my officially working on a book about the five senses. Just like right now, I'm working on my project Scientific Oracle, even though that book is years and years and years away of even, Mm -hmm. is it even (laughs) going to happen? But I was taking notes. And so it got me much further in my thinking because I'd been processing. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just like I'd say like, oh, that's interesting. I'd actually take the time to make a note of it and write it down. And then when I actually turned to the project, I had all this fodder of things that I'd been thinking about. Because I find that with some things, with especially big ideas, you need to let them unfold over time. Like I am not somebody who can sit down and be brilliant in 12 hours or have Mm -hmm. a big insight. I need to ponder and return Mm -hmm. and mull one of the things we talk about all the time is how do you remember that you want to do something? Right, Like, just right. absolutely, how do you even remember that it's a, yeah. that's an aim? You'd think, how would you forget your own aims? But you do, and, and things can be incredibly interesting or revelatory, but if you don't write them down or, or memorialize them in some way, they can be lost. And so, and, and there's no right or wrong way. You look at all the great minds in history who have kept these, they do it in all different ways. So it's not like, you should handwrite it or you should right. do it once a day or you should only limit yourself to quotations. It's like this is this is a this is a very, very flexible tool. And I just want to say for all the parents out there, I feel like everybody's like, oh, my kid said the cutest thing. Well, this is a perfect place to write it down. Right. Because you know we think we'll remember those things, but of course we never do. Right. And Gretchen, one thing just uh that I'm keep thinking about with this is it's interesting to me that you always ask people, what did you do for fun? when you were 10 years old. It's a window into you, what you want to do as an adult. And I mean, you are the prime example of this. I mean, you did this when you were 10 and you're kind of just still doing it. So that's delightful. No, the Moment of Happiness newsletter is a perfect example. Like, yeah. it's basically exactly the same thing I yeah. did, but it's, but it's been updated sort of for my adult context. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so fun. So let us know if you do keep a commonplace book or if you're intrigued uh, how you think you might approach a commonplace book. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to happiercast.com slash 385. This is episode 385 for everything related to this episode. For instance, if you want to sign up for my Moment of Happiness newsletter, where I get to send out all these quotations that I collect with such enthusiasm, um, I will post a link in the show notes. Coming up, we have a parenting hack from our producer, Chuck. But first, this break. We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef-crafted, dietitian-approved recipes each week with options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly. The recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. 
Gretchen, we made the uh, Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we're back with a happiness hack. And this week we have one courtesy of Chuck, our producer. Chuck, welcome. I love seeing you on Happier. Yeah, and it's great, Chuck. You're on the lookout for us getting hacks. Well, this one hit me right over the head. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was actually a barbecue at after my son's Little League game, and I was talking with some of the parents, and we were talking about how sometimes if children get down, they feel like it's the end of the world, or this is just the way life is from now on, and how we can impress upon them that everything gets mm. better, everything changes, you go through a phase, it always gets better, it always moves forward. And one of the moms, Kelly, said she learned a parenting tip to add the words for now after um, the sentence. For instance, she said, my baby won't stop crying for now. Mm. Or my bathing, baby is teething so badly for now. And Kelly was saying how you can relate this to all feelings being temporary. Mm. And I thought that was a good hack and that you would like it. Because kids are changing all the time. For Yeah, for better or for worse, things are changing. And so it's good to be reminded as a, a child and as a parent and also in our adult lives. It's just, yes. just as relevant. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it is so, I love anything where we can reframe and it's yes. a perfect reframing advice just to add that for now. I could see Sarah and I doing this at work, you know, saying like, oh my God, I, I'm so stressed out about this deadline for now. Right, yes. That will change. Yes. And then you can just feel like, okay, you're going to, it's going to get better and then, of course, yeah. it may get worse, but um, right. it's for now. <laughs> it's for now. Oh, well, thank you, Chuck. And thank you, Kelly. Those are great. Yes. Like, that's a great, excellent hack. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> for now. Okay. <laughs> well played. So also, I want to throw in this bonus hack from Caitlin, because we talked a few episodes ago about the boo-boo bear. That's the kind of ice pack that we keep. And she said, I wanted to share our favorite ice pack, the headache hat. It's a compression headband that has an ice pack in it, and you can put it on if you have a headache or migraine. It's made my migraine so much better. You can easily find it online. And I looked this up, and it's not really so much a hat. It's more like a, like a wide eye band, but it wraps all around your head in a hat-like way. 
And it did look like something that if I, I could imagine that if I had a headache, I would love to put that thing on. Yeah, Gretchen, I think um, I want to get one of these for Adam because, you know, he suffers from a lot of headaches. And it's true, like having it something that you don't have to hold. Yes. Uh, but that just fits over would be great. So and maybe it goes all, all around your head too, not just like on the forehead or something that might give you more relief. Yes. And now for a know yourself better question. This is a comment that came from Faye about something important that she learned about herself. Faye said, I lead a twice a week exercise class and usually feel energized and renewed afterward. But sometimes I ended up feeling quite burdened and out of sorts. Turns out on the days I left immediately after class, I felt positive and negative times were when I lingered for coffee and conversation. For me, relating to people before and during class was enough and extending the time was draining. So that's interesting, isn't it, Gretchen? No, I think this is a great example of how you can sort of assume that emotions and energy levels sort of just roll over you and you experience them and there's sort of nothing to be done about it. Or you can really look for things like helpful patterns. And so knowing herself, knowing that for Faye, before and the class itself was enough engagement to sort of feel satisfying, but too much more tipped into draining is a really, really helpful thing to know. And I think this is one of the reasons why using something like, a, like you know, on the Happier app, one of the tools is a one-sentence journal and one of the things you could do is you could keep notes there so that you can start to look for these kinds of patterns. And I also wanted to mention that in the REST Jumpstart, which is a thing that you can ask for for free, it's got a bunch of tools related to getting rest, there's an energy tracker so that for a week you can track your levels of energy through the day. Oh. Because I think like Faye experienced with this class, I think for some people they might be trying to do something in a part of the day where they're not naturally, like it's not one of their more energetic times. Mm. But you might assume like, well, of course I should do it first thing in the day, not realizing that actually your energy level goes up through the day or vice versa. Or like, I remember, Elizabeth, we were talking about, I want to do that review process with my books. Right. And I was like, well, maybe I need to move it from the weekday to the weekend. That's the kind of thing where tracking your your concentration, your focus, how you feel like using your time. It just can be really useful. Well, yeah, and it's always, as you say, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. And that's why the Know Yourself Better is interesting because for Faye, leaving right after class is what leaves her with more energy. Yes. But I'm sure there's an equal number of people who staying and chatting after class, that's the yes. whole reason they want to be there is to chat with people yes. after class. So yeah. if you know which one works for you, you can focus on making that happen, and then you'll want to go to the exercise class more often. Yeah. So the whole point is not that it's right or wrong to chat afterward, but what's the yeah. right thing for you? But I can hear a lot of people saying, you should, or right. it's better, or why, wh why don't you, instead yeah. of saying like, oh, well, you learned something important about yourself. Yeah. yeah. No tool fits every hand, and I think this is, this is a great reminder that when we know ourselves, we can set ourselves up to be happier. Yeah. And it also goes with identifying the problem, Gretchen, right? She yes. identified the problem yes. is I'm staying after yes. class and that's draining me. If I just leave, then I won't have that feeling. But if you don't look at it, you don't identify it. But that's a great example because if she did that in a vague, sweeping way, she might say, oh, sometimes the class leaves me energized, but sometimes it leaves me drained. And if it's leaving me drained too often, maybe I, I want to drop it instead of saying, it's not the class, it's 
the staying after the class. It's a much more specific problem than you might have thought if you just looked at it without enough precision. So, right, yeah. really understanding the actual specific problem is so important. Yes, excellent point. Excellent point. And now for a listener question. This comes from Andrea. She says, my happiness stumbling block is when my husband interrupts me. I lose my train of thought and then get frustrated. Do you or your listeners have tips on approaches I can use to get him to stop interrupting me when I'm trying to tell a story, relay some info, etc.? Wow. Oh, well, Gretch, this is a common uh, happiness stumbling block, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tough problem, both for the interruptee and the interrupter to sort of tackle. Please, listeners, flood us with your suggestions if you've dealt with this in an effective way or if you have some insights. Now, listen, one place where I know that I get very frustrated when I'm interrupted is when I'm packing. Because Mm. when I'm packing, I like, I go into a zone and I'm like, one thing will lead to another. And I'll be like, well, I have my flip flops. And so do I need my sun hat? And then if I have my sun hat, maybe I need sunscreen. And if somebody interrupts me during that chain of thinking, it can, it can throw me off. And Mm. even if I use a list, the problem is I'm like, but did I already get that? You know, sometimes if you put something in, then you're like, you have to unpack to see if it's already yeah. in there. It's a whole thing where I'm like, there's ways to solve this. But another way to solve it is don't interrupt me while I'm packing and then I'll be fine. You know, right. so I make a I make a huge pronouncement every time <laughs> and I'm like, back off. I'm packing. I love that. Gretch, I think I'm on the other side of this. I feel like my issue is I am an interrupter. I interrupt mm. people. I think I do it especially at work. And I really mm-hmm. do try to stop myself. But it's like if I feel like I know where something is going, I just am like, okay, now I can start talking. I don't need to hear the end of this. Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly rude. um, And sometimes I even know I'm doing it. I even am saying I could just not interrupt, but then I do it anyway. So it's an issue. I mean, is it kind of a time-saving thing where you're like, we know what the next three minutes is going to be. Let's just skip ahead type thing. I think so. Yeah. Because that seems very different for me from like interrupting when you like don't want somebody to criticize you or to Mm. offer a different view, which I can't see you doing that. Well, sometimes if someone starts with an argument and I feel I know what that argument's going to be, I will start arguing my counterpoint before they even finish their point. Um, So I can't say I never do that. I guess with this question from Andrea, it's difficult to know how to respond because there are so many kinds of interruptions. So like, is he jumping in with his own comments, which sometimes is sort of a sign of excitement. It might be annoying, but it's sort of like... I want to add my two cents. Is he completely changing the topic? You're telling some story about what happened when you were at the drugstore and and he's saying something like, what time are our dinner reservations? And you're okay. like, wow, you're not even on the same page. Is he interrupting because he wants, yeah, to shut down something that he doesn't want to hear? Maybe some kind of reminder or, or, or some kind of information that he, so he's interrupting to sort mm. of thwart the communication, there's a lot of different kinds of interruptions. Just like we've been talking about how there's all these different kinds of ways to ask questions. There's a lot of different reasons to interrupt and ways to interrupt. Well, and I wonder if Andrea has asked her husband, why do you interrupt me? I'd be curious if he says, oh, do I interrupt you? And he doesn't even know he does it. Or is he saying, because you repeat yourself all the time and I just don't want to hear it again? 
Or is he saying, oh, I'm just excited about the story and I want to contribute? Or you're getting details wrong and I want to make sure they're right. Right, right. Or you're giving me information that I feel like I don't need, so you don't need to keep explaining to me about something that I feel like is not relevant. So I just want to just skip ahead, you know, hit like forward skip on the remote. There's a lot of things that they, they could still be deeply annoying. Yes. But again, you want to understand like, well, what is the nature of the communication breakdown? Because that yeah. might suggest a different solution. Right. Well, and one thing that happens a lot with couples is, and I think this is part of just like being in a romantic relationship is like, you're signing up to hear the same story many times. You yes. know, everybody's got a story they love to tell. And sometimes you're bored with it, but they're still telling it to a new audience or something happened to both of you. So you're interrupting to jump in with your take. And that can be annoying if you feel like you're holding forth, like you are the storyteller, you're the you've you've commanded the stage and someone keeps interrupting you and kind of stepping on your jokes or your timing. Right. We've all done it. We've all had it done to us. Yes, yes. So yeah, what I what would be ideal, and again, throw this to the listeners because you and I don't have a suggestion, is like, is there something that you can do as part in the moment that will help the person understand the pattern that for you is very frustrating and maybe discourage the interruptions? Like, is there some kind of like brilliant response or I'm just making this up. If it's sort of like, just fall silent and don't talk. I mean, that sounds kind of like that would be deeply annoying on its own. But are there mm-hmm. ways to respond in the moment? Conversational strategies. Start interrupting them all the time. And then they'll, and then he'll see, oh, wow, it is annoying to be interrupted. What is that? Uh, wait, what is it? Knock, knock. Who's there? Oh, uh Interrupting cow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting Moo. cow who? <laughs> there you go. It's it's relevant, if not the most yes. sophisticated. <laughs> it, was, it was apt. Yeah. So listeners, let us know. I mean, I, I do think this is one of the things where we're, we're probably have all been on both sides, interrupting yeah. and being interrupted. What worked for you? What made it worse? Let us know, because um, this is a really interesting and important question for conversation. Coming up, Gretchen has a repeat demerit. I feel like I often say that when I'm um, talking about demerits. Uh, But first, this break. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The game changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. 
NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, Gretch, we are back with demerits and gold stars, and you're up this week with a happiness demerit, something that you've um, talked about before, as often as the case. Yes, yeah. So it's a repeat demerit, which is that I've let my office get very messy, even Mm. though I know that just makes me feel more stressed out. I need to do, as I mentioned with 22 for 22, I need to do like a deep organizational cleaning. And I think I'm going to try to get Eleanor to help me because she's ruthless. And the last time we did it, she helped me and I got rid of a lot more stuff than I would have mm. gotten rid of on my own. So I need to do that. But it's but it's also just the superficial. Usually I'm very good at keeping just sort of a superficial level of tidiness because mm-hmm. I am very aware of it. And it always takes the same form. It's like 10 slips of paper with messy writing on them that I sift through over and over. It's piles of papers where I'm like, do I still need this pile? Well, I better hang on to it because maybe I'll need it. But then I just get overwhelmed. I have like books where I've taken the notes for my commonplace books and my commonplace documents. And so they need to go back into the place where I put my library books when they're going back to the library or to be shelved or to be given away or processed in some way. But instead, they're just sort of stacked up in a corner. Barnaby brought up some dog toys. Those are sitting mm-hmm. around. It's like it's not big stuff, but It's weird because in a way it feels like a treat to let myself off the hook, Mm. but it's not a treat. It makes me feel worse. Right. So that's the demerit. The demerit is I know what I know better. The one minute rule, take one thing with you. I have all the tools that I need. Um, (laughs) They're all in outer order, inner calm. I just need to flip through my own. Take your own advice, Scratch. Take my own advice. So I will. I will take my own advice today. Okay. What is your gold star? Take us up. All right, Gretch. Well, I want to give a gold star to all the listeners who send me wonderful corgi images, <laughs> links, products with corgis on them. Who knew? Yes, I had no idea I was entering into like the corgi zone when we got our corgis. Yes. It brings me so much pleasure to like get a link to a cute corgi gif yes. or video. A couple of people sent me um, links to CorgiCon, which I know about now, which is um, (laughs) in San Francisco and twice a year, Corgis meet on the beach. And it's just like such a delightful thing. And it always gives me a smile. So I just want to thank everybody for sending me these things and know that I really do love getting them and looking at them. And and so thank you. It's all Corgi all the time. That's right. I have a new identity. Well, so gold star uh, to listeners and the resources for this week. I talked earlier about the rest jumpstart and there's also a creativity jumpstart. So to be happy, you know, we need to live in an atmosphere of growth and creativity is an essential part of growth because it helps us learn new things, have fun, learn new skills, meet new people, go to new places. Um, if you would like to boost your creativity, go to happiercast.com slash creativity. There's a fun SMS challenge. There's a creativity bingo card. There's fun stuff there. 
Um, and also, I wanted to remind you that you can join my group of super fans. If you're on the super fan list, you get a first look at new projects and tools and features. I'll probably do my jacket reveal first for the super fans for my new book. There might be special events. We recently did a thing where just in the super fans, people shared their favorite books about happiness. And I made a list for the super fans of like everybody's favorite books for that. Got so many great recommendations. So if you want to join up to be a super fan, and I really do appreciate the the enthusiasm and support mm -hmm. of the super fans. It's I love it. Go to happiercast.com slash superfan. And what are we reading? Elizabeth, what are you reading? Gretch, I am reading How to Win the Bachelor by Chad Culkin and Lizzie Pace. And I am about to start Good Company by Cynthia Dupree Sweeney. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Keep a commonplace book. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you, or if you've been keeping one for a long time, tell us about it. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, if you're a fan, maybe you're not a super fan, but you're a real fan, please rate, review our show and recommend it to a friend because really in the end, that's how most people find our shows is through word of mouth. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Gretch, did you do anything to celebrate Barnaby's birthday? Uh, we got him a few little extra treats and gave him a lot of love. Um, and there were many, many photographs were taken. Yes, yeah, so it was really fun. Love a dog birthday. Yes. Low pressure. From the Onward Project. This episode is brought to you by Maui Nui Venison, a mission-based food company bringing the healthiest red meat on the planet directly to your door. I highly recommend their venison jerky sticks. I love them. I like the original kind. I like the peppered kind. They're great for carrying around. They make a great snack. They're delicious and very filling. Not only does this company provide the most nutrient-dense and protein-dense red meat available, this is the only stress-free, 100% wild-harvested red meat on the market, an operation that is actively managing Maui's invasive axis deer populations, helping to restore balance to vulnerable ecosystems and communities in Hawaii. Get 20% off your first order at www.mauinuivenison.com slash Gretchen. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I. V-E-N-I-S-O-N dot com slash Gretchen.